We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me, as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we're going to recap the Nets' first summer league game. It was a loss to the Grizzlies, 91-84, but we had some nice highlights from some of the rookies. How are we feeling, Jack? Nick, is it possible for a player to win sixth man of the year and rookie of the year in the same season? I mean, yo, I think you're disrespecting your boy, Patty Mills. You already gave him that award, and now you're taking away. Bishop called you out on Twitter. So, you know, Cam's got some work to do to catch up to Patty. But there was some impressive stuff. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. But as always, you can find the buzz on all streaming platforms. But, Jack, where do you want to start with this game? Killer Cam, Killer Cam, Killer Cam, Nick. I'm fun. I mean, look, we, I love Sharpie as well. Uh, I love yep. the Rooks. But um, we'll, we'll start with Killer Cam first. Cam Thomas, 25 minutes, 5-15 from the field, 1-6 from three, six of eight from the free throw line, had a couple of dimes, 17 points, plus 10 as well. What did you think of his performance? Yeah, I, I was impressed. You know, the second half, there was a lot of pop. His ability to create for himself really stuck out. You know, 5 of 15 from the field, not great, but it felt like some of the shots he missed will kind of go down on a normal night. Obviously, there's a couple long twos in there. Maybe you want to remove those, but that's kind of part of his game. I think he found his rhythm in that second half, and he was really just going in and really was providing the Nets with a lot of creation. I think what he had 10 points in the fourth quarter, knocked down that big three, and just, you know, had that like pop where you look at a rookie and you're like, okay, this guy has something that can be done at the NBA level because he's doing it so easy against some of these summer league guys. So overall, you know, I was impressed from what I saw from Cam Thomas for from the potential standpoint. Obviously, you like to see better efficiency, but at the end of the day, he feels like a guy that's probably going to be streaky until he finds his true rhythm in the NBA. So overall, you know, I think there's a lot of pluses to take away. Yeah, that three was awesome. I love that shot yeah. because all the other shots, the, all the other threes will... I would say at least 50% of those threes were like in and out, at least two or yep. three of them. I was just like, those are good shots. And I just love the fact that he's just got a, he's got a, he's a heater. Like he just, yep. he's just one shot at a time. doesn't really care what the previous possession was. Um, and that takes a level of, you know, maturity and composure. And, you know, his first points, he got to the line really yep. good on closing out off the closeout, just makes immediate decisions is, you know, we sort of talked about, you know, athleticism and, you know, is he an athlete and such? Well, he just makes quick decisions and his handle makes him faster than he yep. than he actually is. You know, he just, he has such an awesome handle. It's just like, crossover, bang, you're gone. Lull you to sleep, bang, you're gone. Um, yep. And yeah, eight free throws, hit six of them. You know, he is a three-level scorer. We, we saw glimpses of all versions of that. But for me, I, I'm so happy that he was able to get to the line so many times. And it wasn't like, James Harden, Trey Young, sort of like, oh, I'll fall into you or whatever. The dude wants contact. He he, he yeah. knows how to get to the line. Um, a three-level score up. We saw the glimpses of it. Um, you know, I thought defensively he even showed some energy there. Uh, got cooked a couple of times, gambled a couple of times. But um, this was an awesome first-up performance, and I could watch 40 minutes of this guy. Um, killer Cam, um, he's, killing, he's killing me in so many ways.
<laughs> uh, the ball handling really stuck out, kind of like you mentioned, and his ability to kind of keep his defender off balance. And I feel like that's why he ended up at the line, because he'd get these bigs in a situation where they think he's going one way and then he's going the other. And then he leans into the contact, gets to the free throw line. And I think that's one thing you can appreciate. You know, you're having an off shooting night to an extent, and then you get some shots at the line. And that kind of helped him find his rhythm a little bit more, find some of the impact. And like you said, defensively, there's a couple good effort plays, a couple plays where he went for the steal. You know, that's something that's going to take a little bit longer to develop. But the overall offensive skill is really there. I think that's one thing that stuck out to me is just a very skilled offensive player. And like, I think from the athletic standpoint, I think his first step is a little quicker than I thought, you know, especially seeing against some of the summer league guys, obviously, you know, we'll see it for a couple more games and what he does in the actual NBA, but overall, like a lot of positive signs, a lot of potential, obviously there. And you feel really good about the pick and, you know, even maybe that's a hot take, but it feels like he definitely could have gone some spots higher just based off of this little dose of something. Obviously, very, very small sample size, but just some of that it factor in which he has gives you some real excitement about what he can turn into. And like I said, there obviously were cons of the game, efficiency not great, a couple gambles defensively. It took him a little bit to kind of get into rhythm. You know, in that first half, it wasn't necessarily amazing for him, but the second half, he started to kind of find his spots and play his game. That's what I liked about the first half, Nick, in the fact that he his first points were free throws. He saw, yep. and we've heard him, you know, talk, talk about it with you know, Mike Schmitz and, and other people about the fact that, you know, I know that I'm, I just like seeing the ball go in the basket, and, and I yep. think that a lot of other players, you know, we sort of talk about, you know, oh Paul George, you should just get to the line more. That would make him like a top ten sort of player. Cam Thomas can do all three different things, and he is a lottery talent, Nick. It's not a hard take to say that. You know, yep. Kevin O'Connor had him 11th on his draft board, and Kevin O'Connor is a pretty smart dude. We certainly don't have the same chops when it comes to the draft, and, but we're looking at the talent here, and he's just got you – know, he, he oozes it. Yeah, he gets a little bit of tunnel, visual, tun, tunnel vision sometimes, but, man, he's a better player than Brandon Knight already, and this yep. is the worst version of Cam Thomas right now. He's only going to get better. Imagine when he gets into the weight room. Imagine when he gets into practices going up against Kyrie Irving and James Harden. He gets in their ear. They get into his ear. You know, he is only going to improve. Um, and he looks like an NBA player. And, you know, Dayron Sharp, the same sort of thing. But um, killer cam, man. Killing me softly. Uh, and killing gr the Grizzly softly. Especially that McDermott bloke uh, who's got uh, not great tattoos. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, and his ankles probably are feeling a certain type of way after the game too. But like you said, Jack, uh, the lottery town and just the pop there and what he can develop into and how good he can really become and I also thought his you know playmaking and creating for others was on display a couple times in this game where that was a promising thing and there were a couple really quick reaction plays obviously there were a couple isos where he you know had the ball bounced the ball a little bit but there was a couple plays off the closeouts like you mentioned earlier where he attacked early and kind of created something out of that and I thought that was really important and I'd like to see some games where he becomes like the true focal point or he has to run the show and be the point guard a little bit more you know less minutes with Brandon Knight and some of those other guys and just like a real opportunity to close the game on his own to an extent yeah for sure like him and sharp you know had a, a decent little bit of chemistry you know some kick out passes here and there you know we'll, we'll get guards to are gonna like guys who can set good screens oh, bro, that dude <laughs> sets some screens let me tell you but it was cool to hear some different quotes from him you know alizé johnson sort of saying he's going to be in the league for a long time and then cam himself sort of saying you know i want to come in and learn i want to become an all-round player help the team more you know, this kid is, is special. Um, you know, there's something about rookies. You know, the, the the way that the team is currently constructed for the Brooklyn Nets isn't like, you know, a, a Los Angeles Lakers where it's just all guys 45 years and, and above. You know, there's <laughs> this really cool mix coming. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of exciting elements. You know, we love our superstars. We could do podcasts for days about, you know, the big three as well as Bruce Brown and such. But there's something cool being able to recap summer leagues and there's some value in it. You know, obviously um, that hasn't really happened a lot in the past with, with a lot of rookies when it comes to, you know, who are you going to be judging for the, for the Lakers in the office? Who are you judging for, for the Bucks and such? Whereas the Nets have got uh, some young talent here and some cost control for them. We sort of alluded to that, but Cam's going to add something to this team. You know, he's going to he's going to be he's going to be I'm trying to get those minutes from from Patty and you know it's going to be a tough little trip because you know that man's got a bronze medal and is a, a wonderful singer of an Australian iconic anthem in the man down under. Uh, but Cam Thomas is uh, the man above him and maybe he 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 tries to steal some of the minutes um while he's in the northern hemisphere and, and he balls out at summer league, who knows. 
Yeah, I mean, also, there's going to be opportunities when guys are rested, you know, load management. And there's going to be nights where the Nets probably load manage too many guys. And maybe it'll be a Cam Thomas show or something like that. But really excited to see what he does the rest of Summer League and how he kind of grows and excels. But you mentioned Dayron Sharp. And uh, instantly, as soon as he stepped on the floor, you could see the physicality, the strength, and then just also the impact of having, you know, a real center with real size, real height, and real wingspan. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And looked, Dayron Sharp, man. Uh, Sharpie was was great today. And, you know, in 14 minutes, Nick, he had eight boards. Yep. Like eight boards in 14 minutes. And uh, three or five from the field, plus 14. You know, had six points, a couple of fouls, did have a block, did have a steal. We'll get to that plane a little bit. We talked about in our, our mini preview yesterday, you know, we wanted the glimpses. What, what were we going to get from these guys? You know, what you were sort of looking, we talked about different sort of things. You know, I want to see this, I want to see that. And we got glimpses and then some from Dayron Sharp. Obviously, we didn't see the three ball, only took uh, three, five shots, and most of them were just bullying and just getting offensive boards. But despite the fact that, you know, he has, he's an immense athlete, a big bruiser, an absolute dog. Man, he's got some fluidity to him. Like, he's a goddamn, like, deer. Like, he's just, yeah. he just glides. He's, he's really pretty um, in the way that he plays the game as well. So, to buy that, to combine that physicality as well as having the finesse at the same time for a guy like him, I mean, we're not going to overreact to 14 minutes. All right. Yes, we are. We absolutely <laughs> are. Um, that steal and slam, or that steal and layup, sorry. Boy, oh boy, this kid just, he has energy for days. He runs and runs and runs. He does so many awesome things. Um, Sharpie, yeah, man, he was sharp tonight. Yeah, I just love the presence in the paint. Just like he has real size and physicality. Like, guys have to think about going at him. And, like, he just takes up space on the boards. Just like tipping the, you know, the board to himself, maybe tipping out of bounds, whatever it is. And like you said, on that play where he had the steal and the lay-in, you know, great anticipation, able to handle the ball, use his size and leverage to get the lay-in. So I thought there was a lot of positive stuff from Sharp. Obviously, a couple mistakes mixed in here and there defensively, but overall, really happy with what he can do. And he was a guy that I know both you and I wanted to just see more minutes from. You know, no disrespect to the other guys who played. I would have liked to see Daron Sharp play at least 20 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, he's a young kid. Put him out there. What's the worst? He's going to be tired tomorrow. He doesn't have another game to the day after, I think. <laughs> yeah, look, I think Jordan Knott was saying how Reggie Perry was, you know, showing quite a bit in the, you know, the practice and such. But we saw that Dayron Sharp is a better player than Reggie Perry. You know, it's it's not to say that Reggie Perry, you know, didn't do I guess, some good things early on. You know, he had 12 boards himself. You know, he was he used his physicality in that sort of respect, but he didn't have the fluidity. He made way more mistakes, and he has the NBA experience behind him. So. Look, yeah, he might be going up against Xavier Tillman and, and that sort of thing or whatever, but I don't think that's necessarily an excuse because, yeah, Darren Sharp in the 14 minutes, love the glimpses that we got from him. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see, you know, maybe next game, you know, what's what he's like switching because, you know, he almost played, you know, a little bit of a lot drop, of drop. Drop, sort of roaming drop. I, I can't yeah. remember what it was called, center and zone, whatever, you know, the smart people know uh, about the sort of style of play. But, you know, he... He reads it pretty well, um, but he can also, he got, you know, a couple of fouls in that time, a couple of turnovers as well. Um, so it'll be intriguing to see, you know, if he can show us a little bit more, you know, obviously against some other teams, they're probably not going to be have the guys where it's just like, damn, you know, we need Darren Sharp to be, you know, switchable on Luca or, you know, Trey or whoever else it might be. But I think that he, he's got the physical capabilities to do so because the, the dude is an absolute menace when it comes to, you know, just the, pure physicality and the pure athleticism in his body and all the different things that he can do um that alone you know would get you some minutes for the Brooklyn Nets right now but he has all the topics on top you know the whipped cream the the strawberries whatever other topping whatever other sauce you want to put on top of it Darren Sharp's got the sauce baby I think with Daron Sharp in this game too is like you saw a lot of things that you already knew that he could do but then glimpses of some things where you're like okay, maybe he can be a better NBA player if he can develop this skill a little bit further. You know what I mean? I think that's what you look at with him, and that's where the real positive stuff, obviously, a lot of that's connected to the jumper, and that obviously is huge for every NBA player these days. But overall, you know, happy with what we saw from the two first-round picks. And in, like we talked about on the preview, it's about the glimpses. It's about the potential. It's not like these are perfect games from these guys. They weren't, you know, amazing or anything like that. But it's about showcasing those skills that can really turn into something further down the line. Because at the end of the day, they're rookies. And this is their first type of NBA action. It's not even real NBA action. It's just summer league. And it's also a group of guys that they've been practicing with for maybe a week or two. 
Yeah, and they did talk about that as well. I think Alizé sort of mentioned the fact that, you know, we're still getting to know each other, all that sort of thing, and yep. um, that that's certainly going to come. And, you know, ultimately, you know, it's about projecting, can Cam Thomas, can Daywan Sharp do this with our NBA rotation? And everything that they did do out there on the court, maybe Cam Thomas with, you know, a few too many shots, a little bit of tunnel vision here and there. Don't think he's going to be doing that um, you know, when he's playing alongside James Harden or Paddy Mills. But you know, he, I, I saw some off-ball action from him. You know, when he yeah. gets the ball kicked out to him. And Brandon close- didn't pass it to him. Yeah, <laughs> fair point. Um, we'll get to to the starters and and some of the players we did like and maybe not so liked, I guess, in in, in a little bit. But yeah, I liked how Cam Thomas, you know, did a, a few things off the ball where it's just like, okay, he's decisive. You know, I'm gonna close you out. You know, um, he's. I think he after getting the free throws, he did get a, a travel. Um, but you know, he, he didn't let things phase him, and I think that that's a. I love that, you know, mindset that he does have where it's just like, I miss a shot, I don't care. I get a turnover, I don't care. While you want the guy to go be like, okay, can I learn from these mistakes and the shot selection stuff? I think he did. Like you sort of mentioned, Nick, he worked his way into the game. You know, obviously, you know, he was a, he was a big part. You know, if we, we had Cam Thomas playing, you know, 30 minutes and Darwin Sharp playing 25 minutes, you know, the next probably win this game ultimately doesn't matter. But in saying that, because Cam Thomas plus 10, Daron Sharp plus 14. Both of those guys were the two top three with, with Gates in terms of their plus minors. And um, they were super important and they looked like our best players today. Yeah, I mean, it, the difference between having like Brandon Knight and Reggie Perry in comparison to Cam Thomas and Sharp is just drastic. You know what I mean? Like you're out there and you're just like, what? Yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of like where it's just like, um, the, the meme where it's just like, oh, we've got... Um, Mom, can we have Cam Thomas and Darren Sharp? And then the, <laughs> Mom's like, yeah, we've got them at home. And what we've got at home is Brandon Knight and Reggie Perry. And look, I don't want to slander those both of those guys too much. But we should look, talk Reggie about Perry. them so we can explain it better and like what we're thinking. Who do you want to talk about first, Brandon Knight or Reggie Perry? Let's get into Reggie Perry because I think that early on, you know, I was like, okay, Reggie's got a, a few things here. You know, he was probably one of the better players in, in the first quarter. You know, he hit a three ball. I was just like, okay, Reggie, you know, do your thing, mate. Um, but at the same time, he just made a lot of mistakes. You know, th- uh, yep. three turnovers, five fouls. He got tunnel vision, where it's just like, Reggie, it's, I, I understand wanting to take those shots, but some of them were bad shots, and it's not shots that he has proven to take. Like, if and he early took, in the shot clock. Yeah, exactly. If, if he took five threes instead of like, you know, long twos and mid-rangers, I'd be happy with it. And the mid-rangers weren't even like at the elbow or in a, a decent position or whatever. So I think that just some of that, but, you know, his rebounding was was really, really good. You know, he showed that his strength, uh, he showed that his timing, he's, he's got some smarts there when it comes to the boards, but he didn't really show much else. You know, he was just a bit sloppy. Um, so the the best part about his game today, like we mentioned, those 12 boards, including five of them offensively, but he was also the the leader and the worst player when it came to box uh, plus minus with minus 20. Yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of Reggie Perry, honestly, early on. Like, you could just kind of get the vibe that he wanted to, like, showcase himself, which is, you know, okay. But you got to calm down with some of the bad shot selection and then just, like, not passing to your teammates and understanding your role in this team. And then defensively was kind of a mixed bag because there was a couple plays where, like, oh, wow, that was a, a solid position, Reggie. And then the next play, he'd be out of position, give up wide open three or something along those lines. So... I wasn't really high in Reggie Perry, like going into summer league and his potential and what he could be. And I just think there's some limitations to his game. That's going to really hinder him in terms of becoming like an NBA player consistently, just because, you know, maybe some of it's the decision-making some of it's just like the weaknesses of him not having true center size and not having that great jump shot. And obviously this is a small sample size next game. He could have a 20 and 20 game and I could look stupid, but going in, I wasn't necessarily really high in what Reggie Perry could do and this didn't help the case. But again, 23 minutes of a game, not the end of the world. No, we'll see what it does against the Bucks. You know, um, we're, we're generally prisoners of the moment, you and I, because we recap every, yep. or if, if not every game. So we too tend to get a bit takey or we too tend to get caught in the moment or whatever. But yeah, hopefully, I'm, I'm looking forward to hopefully a bounce back performance from Reggie. And if he does, then you know I'm happy to eat my words and such. But yeah, I just think that if he can learn from this performance and go, okay, I can still impact the game in terms of my strengths. I can still board. I can still throw some dimes. I'll take, you know, five threes instead of two threes and take away those mid-ranges. Because, yeah, the three that he did hit looked okay. You know, it wasn't, yeah. you know, the, 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 the form looked all right. So, um, yeah, we'll see what he does um, next up. Took but, a charge, too. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that that was, you know, and that's where he can impact defensively. You know, be a hustle and, and an annoying sort of big dude. There aren't many, yep. like, of, of those sort of guys in the league because most be big like guys... Blake. Yeah, be like Blake a little bit. You know, learn a, learn a few things from him. Um, But in, in saying that, Nick, I still think his game was better than Brandon Knight. Yeah, I mean, I think it was. And, um, you know, with Reggie Perry, we'll talk about him more after the next game because, like you said, I don't want to give any crazy takes. But I definitely have been thinking about some things. But Brandon Knight, for a guy that we talked about on the preview who's had good NBA moments, who's been, you know, a quality player on teams that have, you know, had winning records, to have a performance like this was really disappointing, especially because – I didn't care if he had like a 30 point game or was crazy scoring or 15 assists, but I wanted him to be like, have a calming effect on the young guys. Like, Oh shit, we have a veteran point guard running the show in summer league, which seems crazy, but he really struggled with that. And some of that probably is like new teammates, but some of that was just like self-inflicted with five turnovers, seven fouls, two and nine from the field, one of seven from three. It was just a really crazy game for someone with that much NBA experience. Yeah, it was erratic. It was erratic, yeah. and I think that that's one thing you don't want from a from a leader, from a veteran. And you know, he is. He's a veteran, and you know, he's had you know some decent moments in his NBA career. And you, know, you mentioned before, like averaging eighteen points in certain seasons and seven fouls and five turnovers. I think you hit the nail on the head right there, Nick. That is emblematic of the performance because he didn't have any assists either, and he only hit one three. He hit two total shots. It was uh, it wasn't the best game from him by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, uh, uh, behind the scenes, I think his value is still there. You know, I, I, I guess I'll probably, you know, maybe give him a little bit of credit because we don't know what happens in those practices. We don't know what happens at the hotels and such. And that's where I think Brandon Knight is having the biggest impact because we talked about in the last episode what Jordan Knott was sort of saying. And look, we could get a 30-point performance from him. I don't really care. I want to see more minutes from Cam Thomas. I want to see more minutes with David Duke um, and these sort of guys going forward. But yeah, it was... It wasn't it wasn't pretty to watch. Yeah, it was just a real struggle. And maybe he'll kind of find his balance in the next game. But there were just a couple of plays where he like drove into the paint to like three Grizzlies. And it's like, what did you think was really going to happen there? You thought you were going to score a bucket? Like, I'm not really sure what the mindset was for him. So that's what was kind of confusing, especially for someone, like I said, with so much experience. It'd be different if it was just like, a guy that was never an NBA point guard. But like I said, he was solid at different points in his career. Obviously, he's had the injuries. Maybe that's had an impact on him. He is undersized. But still, I anticipate hopefully a better game in the next one. See, the thing is, like, his decision-making was worse than Cam Thomas. Yeah, Cam Thomas that's playing... what is crazy. Yeah, because when, like, he drove in, like, Cam Thomas, when he was driving, he was trying to get contact. And yeah, there was probably maybe one turnover when he drove a little bit haphazardly. Um, and tried to do it up and under, but I respect the aggression there and the ability to, like, you know, okay, I can use my hand a little bit here. I can read the angles a little bit more. Whereas I, I don't know whether, when the last game of, of basketball Brendan and I was sort of playing, but it looked like he hadn't been playing for a while. And this is his first game and first hit out in, in a long time. So obviously, maybe that's why we got better performances from Cam Thomas and Darren Sharp because these guys have been playing ball, they've been hooping, they've been doing workouts non stop. Um, but at the same time, you know, hopefully we see a better version of Brandon Knight on the court because, you know, uh, it's it's weird of me to to give credit and to be the optimist and, and such. But I think <laughs> behind the scenes, he's uh, still having a bit of an impact. And I think that's valuable, you know, in itself. Yeah, I mean, it's always good to have a professional around, kind of tell the guys, like, how to handle themselves to an extent. But you like to see him play better because I feel like that makes his words a little bit louder. You know what I mean? It's easier to kind of get behind a guy who, you know, has, is showcasing it on the floor. Obviously, in the big picture, it doesn't matter. These guys that make the team are going to have, you know, great role models in Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But, uh, Jack, who else do you want to talk about? I have David Duke, Nick. What did you think of yep. his game? Yeah, David Duke Jr., um, you know, I thought he started off a little bit slow, and then he started to find his rhythm in the game, playing some good defense, hitting some shots, seven boards too. You know, you like the intensity in which he provided the team, and I think he did enough where you're like, okay, this is a guy that I'm going to keep an eye on for the rest of the summer league and probably has a real shot at a two-way contract. We talked about him a little bit on the preview. He was a guy that was projected to be a first-round pick early in the college season, had a rough second half of the season, ended up dipping, and the Nets were able to get him undrafted. This could be a guy that realistically probably should have been drafted at some point because it seems like he has that talent, he has that body. So, you know, good luck, kid. Like, this is a chance for you to showcase yourself, get that training camp invite, and maybe earn that two-way spot. I think he intrigued me. Absolutely. He intrigued me quite a bit as well, Nick. I think that, you know, I was surprised that he went undrafted looking at what he did today because, you know, he made some some nice shots, you know, hit hit a three, you know, looked good from the elbow, rebounded and provided energy, you know, seven boards, two offensive ones, looked decent defensively, had a block. Um, you know, I, I just think that he's got something and the yeah. Nets have signed him. I'm not sure if the nature of that contract has come out, but we did see the announcement and I think think it's probably in exhibit 10 but don't quote yep, me on yep. that i'm pretty sure it is yeah i think i saw it on there so he, he should be getting that training camp invite and just being a guy that you know looks like it has an nba body at the there's, very least there's a part of me that's just like i'd rather take a flyer on him than alizé johnson you know that I, I, I maybe it's just me banking on the upside and you know you we sort of know what alizé johnson can do because we saw what he did in the regular season we're going to see what he's doing in the, in the summer league and we'll, we'll touch on him a little bit but David Duke looked like a guy that can do more as a basketballer. He has a more versatile skill set. You know, 6'5", decent size about him, nice little wingspan. You know, he's an athlete. You know, I think that it's 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 worth banking on those guys with two ways. And I think this guy could be an NBA player, Nick. You know, there's, it, it, the fact that he went undrafted still boggles me. Yeah, I mean, I think for him, it's really that two-way opportunity. I mean, I think Alizé's spot, he still has the roster spot. I'd hope to probably give that to, like, a true NBA player or a veteran. But I think, honestly, the Nets could consider giving his spot to Reggie Perry or Kessler Edwards, depending on how he plays. We didn't get to see him tonight. Um, but, you know, there's an option there. Obviously, again, one-game sample size, very small sample size, but enough intrigue where we talk, mentioned him on the show. No, definitely. And, look, he was maybe the most impactful player in terms of, you know, Cam was awesome with like, you know, the, the big fourth point flurry, the fourth, fourth quarter flurry, man, say that 10 times. Um, and Damon Sharp obviously was the most impactful in the, in the small amount of time that he had, but David Duke looked steady. And I think that, that in terms of, you know, the, what we want out of an NBA player, you know, there's a, I guess well, I always sort of say, you know, reliability production, what are you going to do for me? David Duke did a lot of different things, as I sort of alluded to, you know, with his box score, the rebounding, he hit a shot, hit a three, did a lot of things. That I'm like, damn, this guy might have something. 
Yeah, I think, you know, you just look at it and I think he has the potential to maybe be like a three and D type player. You know what I mean? Shot, I think a really nice percentage from three in the college game. You know, can that translate? And then defensively, I think the intensity was there and the wingspan is pretty good. I think it's like he's six five with like a six nine wingspan or something along those lines. So I'm excited to see what he does the rest of summer league. But let's talk about Alizé. You know, he was a guy that we were looking forward to seeing and seeing what he did and where how he expanded his game and it was a really slow first half for him second half he got a little bit more aggressive ended up with 13 points seven rebounds one assist one turnover only three fouls four or seven from the field five of five from the free throw line but to be honest it was just a lot of the stuff that we've already seen now as they do it wasn't really like anything crazy yeah, the spin move is cool i thought that that yeah. was you know i've you... seen it yeah i feel like that's his move you know what i mean like I yeah, no disrespect it, to him, but it just is like, okay, if you had asked me like an over and under of like one move that he was going to do, I would have definitely took the over on that one because that's just like what he loves to do. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a fair point. And look, maybe you want to see, uh, look, some of the guys other than Cam Thomas shoot some threes. Um, yeah. I think that that's something that can distinguish you as an NBA player. Can you shoot the three ball consistently for me or even semi-consistently for me? Because... Yeah, but I think you you make a pretty fair point about Alizé in terms of doing everything he 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 does. Like he's just a, an absolute menace. You know, he's just uh, he's all his energy personified as an NBA player. Um, you know, gave the a heap of good out there, was good on the boards. But yeah, you wanna you wanna see more from him. What can you do for me? What have you done in the off season? What have you added to your game? And again, you know, he only had 22 minutes to sort of shot his stuff a little bit. Maybe we see. Um, some some differing points from him going forward because a, a lot of the players that were sort of talked about, you know, we sort of know. We know what Reggie Perry is. Did he do anything new? Maybe that three ball. Did Alizé Johnson do anything new? No. Did Brandon Knight do anything new that or provide us anything? No. Um, and then obviously there was a couple other guys here and there that you know provided some glimpses. But yeah, I, I think that Alizé. Hopefully, you know, we I'm intrigued to see what's going to come from him. Um, and I think that having him there as well. Uh, is is a good presence because you know he's an NBA player. He's got an NBA contract, so you know he can teach some of our guys, you know, about the the right habits and such. I think that that provides value. You know, it's it's sort of like you know what Andre Iguodala is going to be doing for Golden State and what we wanted him to do. You know, some of these guys are going to be doing at summer league, but yeah, it was a a good game from Alize, uh, but nothing special. Yeah, I'd put it more of like okay for me. I wasn't really like impressed. I think. Given that I've seen him have bigger games against NBA talent, and like the Grizzlies did play a couple guys, but I just wanted to see like Alize just be more impactful. And like honestly, I would have rather seen Alize do what Reggie Perry did. Like I would have rather seen him try to take over the game and maybe do too much, where it's like okay, at least he's trying to expand. Or I can appreciate that from Reggie, where Reggie I think just has some deficiencies in his game. Where Alize, I don't really know because I don't even get to see it. You know what I mean? Or it's like shoot a damn three. Like, let me see it. Like, you know what I mean? Because we saw him shoot probably like a few last season, and that's really going to be a big factor. And he's in a non-guaranteed contract, so he really has to earn that spot if he wants to keep it because the Nets need every roster spot. Like, you need to be able to provide some type of value, and I think he does, but I'm not sure if it's even capable of being used in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, the thing that I, I, I agree with, Nick, in terms of like the roster construction is, you know, the two priorities I would have is, you know, Vets locker room presence. Can you give me something? Can you give me 10 minutes of Jared Dudley-esque play? Or yep. high upside, you know, are yep. you a David Duke, a Damon Sharp, a Cam Thomas? Uh, are you worth banking on? Because, you know, in two years' time, we could see something out here and you turn to Spencer Dinwiddie or Joe Harris yep. or whatever. Now, again, that's <laughs> pretty lofty expectations, but Sean Marks has done it before. There's no reason why he, he, he might not be able to do it again. Yeah, so I think moving forward for Alizé, just like a little bit more aggression from the rip and like find opportunities to have an impact in some of the half-court offense too and not just try to like drive into a wall. I think he kind of excels in some of that fast break stuff, but, you know, opportunities to kind of shoot the jumper when you can or maybe even pull up a little bit. I'm not sure. Just show us something a little bit different or why the Nets need to keep you on the roster. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, we talk about, I try and provide good analogies on this podcast. I, I rarely succeed in that. <laughs> but it's like, you know, when you get like, you know, your favorite dessert and it's, you know, it's a, it's a nice brownie. And you know, that brownie's yeah. good, but you want something else on it. You want, I don't know if you want a bit of whipped cream on it or you want some sprinkles or yeah. you want something on the side, some raspberries. And 
When I'm feeling really fat, I'll put peanut butter on my brownie. <laughs> Damn. Uh, I'm not a big peanut butter fan because I used to be allergic to them. But um, okay. yeah. There was, That's there, a fair there, point then. No peanut butter yeah. when you're around. <laughs> that, yeah, there's no, there's no, there was no peanut butter and raspberries uh, from Alice A. Johnson today. Damn. Um, <laughs> I need to have some lunch. <laughs> um, Jack, who else, anybody else stick out to you from the game today that you want to mention? I think Bowden looked all right. You know, I think that when I was just watching the game, you know, obviously, you know, Gates had uh, a couple more shots made and Weatherspoon I thought was was decent and had some moments and showed some pops of athleticism with the dunk. But I just he wouldn't think- shoot though. Weatherspoon like wouldn't shoot. That dude had like five open threes in the first quarter and he just like turned it down. Yeah, I think that that's a, obviously a confidence issue, you know, probably yeah. to, 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 do, uh, to do with that. Um, but, yeah, I, I liked what Bowden did in terms of the defense. I thought, you know, obviously he gave away four fouls, but, you know, a lot of the defense was sort of running through him on the perimeter, and I thought he did some decent things. Yeah, I feel like he really annoyed them. You know what I mean? Forced them to some turnovers, had some good plays, played with good intensity. Nothing that screams NBA player, but you like what you see in terms of like the showcase and possible potential there. I believe he's on the Long Island net. So, you know, it's nice to see those guys come in and play hard. What do you think of Weatherspoon? Yeah, I thought Weatherspoon, obviously, like I mentioned, I wanted him to shoot those open threes to kind of see if he could do it. He had a couple nice takes. But it just like he doesn't scream NBA player. He kind of just screams like summer league or G League. There's just his game just isn't that poppy. You know what I mean? Whereas some of the other guys you can kind of see like, okay, this guy could do it at that level where it kind of felt like the opportunities he had were a result of like some bad summer league play. But I could be wrong and he could be better in the next game. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to sort of like think of big picture sort of things in terms of how you take away from summer league. And I guess one thing I could sort of point to is, you know, it's either you need to show talent or you need to show production. Uh, Or you didn't show both, and Cam Thomas did that, and so did Devon Sharp in in certain ways as well. So you either need to be, you know, dominant, and you know, or you need to be efficient. You need to hit all your shots. You need to make the most of all those opportunities. But yeah, I think that we probably know who the the best players were and who the best players are on this roster. Um, but I think that there is still room to improve, and and maybe we get some flashes from other guys and. I'm hoping we see Kessler Edwards, Nick, because um, I was dying to see that man. And I think it was his birthday or something the other day as well. Yeah, it was either. I think it was yesterday was his birth birthday. But none of the second round picks played. So no Edwards, no Gray. And I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Mar- uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. There you go. So if he makes a team, I'll learn it. But up until that point, I think I'm good. Um, I obviously want to see Edwards. Maybe I heard someone mention on Twitter it could be a contract thing where maybe they need to get like their contracts figured out or whatever they're going to do with them. But uh, Kessler Edwards is definitely a guy that I want to see. I want to see large chunks of minutes from him because I know we kind of believe that he possibly could have some type of impact in the NBA this year with a two-way contract and get some minutes and showcase some things. And like you said, kind of getting back to your other point with the production or the talent, and that's what you want to see. You want to see like a reason why I want to play this guy more. Like intrigue me so I need to play you minutes to learn if maybe I need to find a way to get you on the roster or something that you could turn into down the line or something like that. And I mean, going to the game, like you said, we know the best players. So that's typically who I'm focusing on, even if they're off ball. Like I'm watching more Cam Thomas. I'm watching more uh, Dayron Sharp, like even off ball and things when like, you know, Weatherspoon has a ball. I'm not really caring as much because I know that he's probably not going to make the team. Nick, I've got a question for you. Would you rather have to fight through a screen from day one sharp or would you rather have to try and guard Cam Thomas on the perimeter? Ah, oh, man, I think I'd rather try to guard Cam Thomas. I mean, like... Gonna, the ankles, man, you better have them yeah. strapped up, my dude. I mean, you could just fall and that's okay. Like, you know what I mean? We're like... Yeah, Ask Wesley Johnson after the James Harden sort of step back. Look, no, I think it's a fair point. Dayron Sharp might, like bruise me up may dislocate my shoulder like i mean he's got like a good 50 pounds on me so and like if you're getting a screen like you might not even see it you better hope your teammate calls that out for you man yeah um it's a hard decision to make and the fact that we're, we're talking about this um with two of our promising young rookies uh, it's a fun scenario to have and if you guys want to let us know in fact i might put that as like a, a twitter poll or something because yep. um uh, yeah dude, he's a big dude man like Daron sharp he just he looks like Screams a mon- man <laughs> just, I'm just like, and could you imagine like how like grateful James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving are going to be where it's just like, because Kyrie Irving works so damn well off screen. So yep. does James Harden and KD. You know, if he gets even a glimpse of minutes with them, they're going to absolutely be in love with him. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's a huge factor. We kind of mentioned when he's drafted, like I just look at the Buck series and a guy that can kind of move P.J. Tucker or like create the space for Kevin Durant. All he needs is a small step. He can hit over almost anybody. You just need to be able to get in the ball cleanly and let him get a little bit of rhythm. Uh, Daron Sharp really like probably was my favorite watch today. Maybe Cam Thomas is going to be tough. I mean, I think like Cam Thomas, I know I'm not going to be able to see some of the things that we saw today in the regular season, just given the role he's going to have. Or Daron Sharp, like a lot of these things, like he could possibly be doing that in the NBA very soon because the Nets need that skill set. I think for him, it's going to be the defense. Like, how is he defensively against NBA talent? You know, like we said, he had some good moments, had some bad moments. That's where he needs to be good. And then he could really find minutes his rookie season. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but that'll help. any Anybody who plays defense is going to have an opportunity to get on the floor. And rebound, and he does that probably better than anyone on the roster right now. Really, he does because he has a similar energy to an extent to like a Claxon, maybe not as high, but still higher than DeAndre, higher than Blake. And he has a physicality that, you know, DeAndre has in terms of having that center size and the wingspan and just his ability. Like there's a couple of plays where he just like stuck his arms in the air and just grabbed the ball and people were like jumping around him. And you're just like, okay, I love to see this because this is just something the Nets haven't had or DeAndre was supposed to be. Yeah, and I mean, the the last play that did that was the new man bun, the $100 million man, Jared Allen. But Jared Allen did it in a way where he was smart and he used his verticality and he made just good reads. He just knew where the shots were going, whereas um, Darren Chubb doesn't care where the shot's going. He's going to eat that basketball for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He's going to he get might it. eat the player, too. <laughs> He'd probably <laughs> eat them all. He's going to be like... Um, Shark, what's the, the, the shark bloke from um, the Suicide Squad's name again? King Shark. Maybe that's his nickname, because I love King Shark. Um, uh, King Sharp. King Sharp. Oh, man, I've got a new nickname. Killer Camp and King Sharp. Damn, I'm doing well together. Yeah, there you go. You got two hits right there. We got to throw them on a T-shirt. But honestly, uh, I, I really like what I saw from Sharp and like Cam Thomas. But, Jack, I guess you want to talk studs or duds of game one of Summer League? I'm always focusing on the positive first, Nick. I'm a positive man. I'm a new man this season. Maybe just right. <laughs> do you want to do three and we'll go from the we'll start from the bottom and work up so who would be your your third place stud david duke uh, i think yep. david duke was was really uh, uh, everything that i alluded to earlier you know just copy and paste to now um i think that he has a, a shot at being on this roster and i think he deserves it because of i alluded to talent and production i think he's got both of those and i think he can do that in more than one way. You know, I think he can possible. I think he can do some things defensively. I think he can rebound. He can shoot. He can, you know, get his own. Um, so that's something that I think is worth banking on. Yeah, I like Duke. I'll put him as my third as well for a lot of the same reasons you said, you know, just just some intrigue. You know, we, we kind of had a little intrigue for him in the preview just because him being a potential first-round pick in the draft and he went on draft, the Nets ended up with him. But the talent and the body is there, so let's see what he can do the rest of summer league. But who do you got number two? Before we get to number two, can I also, like, end the discussion about him changing his name? Because oh. he's, come out, he's come out and said it, and it was awesome. We're just like... Why would I change my name? He's the the racist, xenophobe, absolute a-hole. Fuck it, I'm going to call yeah. him an asshole. He's an asshole and yeah. one of the worst human beings to step foot on this earth. He should be the one to change his name. I'm not changing my name. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people responded with some some pretty nice and funny gifts. And David Duke, you know, he, he owns that name. He owns the court. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And I'm hoping he's a Brooklyn Net for a while because, you know, he does a lot of good things. But, yeah, number two for me, Nick. I'm going to go Darren Sharp. I'm going to stick yeah. with Killer Cam, uh, King Sharp. Um, he, he he was just big out there. You know, he looks big. Um, and that's saying something for, a, you know, a rookie. Um, there aren't many guys that come into the league where it's just like, damn, like he's he physically impresses me. It's, and I think maybe because we've had Nicholas Claxton and Jared Allen, where it's just like, you know, these guys are skinny, but there's a lot of skill there. Darren Sharp's got skill and he's got size. Yeah, he moves guys. And I think I'd put him at second because we saw a smaller sample size. If he played 20 minutes, I think he'd be my number one on the list. But just given he only played about 14 minutes and 25 seconds, like you want to see him out more and see what he can do. I don't know if maybe a little bit of that was conditioning or just want to see Reggie Perry more. But whatever it is, I think you mentioned Jordan Ott said Reggie Perry was playing well, but well, he wasn't playing well today. So, you know, you want to see Sharp and see how he plays and and see what he does moving forward. And like you said, just the real physicality. And it's something that we haven't necessarily had on the nets. And it could be a different element to the team. And not to say it allows him to play a different way, but it's just like another card for Steve Nash to have in his pocket where he needs to match up or somebody else. So I think I we both are going to go with Cam Thomas at number one here. Oh, no, I was going to go with Brandon Knight. No. <laughs> um, 
Killer Cam, man. I, I, I mentioned, like, you were sort of, like, being the, the logical one in the last part of being like, okay, what can he do defensively? Is he going to, you know, what's his passing like? Whereas I'm just like, I want this dude to shoot. I want him to hit yeah. shots. And that three for me was was epic. You know, like it was it was not on the level of, like, you know, Kevin Durant hitting, you know, some big shots for us in the postseason. But, man, it was just good to watch basketball and felt like it meant something. And um, Cam Thomas made me feel stuff. And, uh, he's got, uh, again, I'm not saying things that are going beyond the PG level, but he's got a killer mentality. Thing. I'll just put it out there. Killer Cam, there's a reason why I came up with the nickname. Yeah, I think what sticks out, like the efficiency obviously wasn't there. There was some production. Love that he got to the line. Love that he made his defenders really off balance. And I also just loved his ability to create. I think like you talked about a lot. I know that's something that you really like is the ability to create at the NBA level. And I think that he can do that. His handle is super tight, has a good quick first step, uses the leverage of his defender really well, allows himself to kind of get ahead of them and either get a shot at the, uh, at the rim or get fouled. And I think he's just going to kind of develop a better understanding of the NBA defense. And obviously you're probably not even going to see that in summer league. But when he gets in actual NBA games and there's more space, I feel like he actually will be able to excel more than he did at LSU in certain situations. Obviously, the defense is going to be better. He's the efficiency is always going to kind of be a question. But he gave us a real flash of somebody that could truly turn into, you know, a potential really good score in the NBA. I don't want to use any other terminology until I see him more, but I feel very good about the draft pick right now just because of the flashes. I don't really care about the overall stat line at this point. No, the stats don't matter. You know, men lie, women lie, and so do numbers. That's how it goes, <laughs> yeah? Um, no, but in, in all honesty, I think that the, the skill that I value the most in the NBA, and I think a lot of other people do as well, is shot creation. You know, yep. you win basketball games by putting the ball in the hoop. How can you put the ball in the hoop? You get to the free throw line. Tick for Cam Thomas. You can, can you hit a mid-ranger? Tick for Cam Thomas. You can hit a three-ball. Tick for Cam Thomas. That's It's as simple as that, Nick. And he can do all those things in different ways, which yeah. I think is so intriguing. You know what I mean? It's not just your classic look. Like, he showed us an array of moves in his first summer league game, and they were super smooth, where you see, like, sometimes you'll see a second- or third-year player come in, and they'll look herky-jerky trying to work on a move they've been working in the summer. Cam Thomas comes in looking like he's just a smooth scorer like that's just his game he's a hooper wonderful footwork and you know maybe we got another nickname for him classic cam yeah classic cam yeah i mean i'm really excited to watch him and like you kind of hinted at earlier like you could watch him play a full game just because like you don't really know what you're getting but there is just some excitement to him when you're watching absolutely Hit me with your duds. We don't have to break down really why they're duds if you want, or we could just lay them out, whatever you're thinking. Second half, Reggie and Brandon Knight. Simple as that. Yep, same thing here. I think Brandon Knight would be at the top of my list just because the expectation wasn't for him to be great, but just be the calming force. And he did everything but that today. And I just never really want to see that much Reggie Perry in my life in general in terms of like the offensive flow being through you. Like his talent never is going to be at that level. He's never going to have that type of role. So I feel like him understanding that he needs to be a complimentary player or play off of other guys or, you know, help them play better is kind of more Reggie Perry needs to be. So hopefully in the next game, we see some more of that because there is, you know, some hope for Reggie. And then I think uh, my third dud would just be the fact that we didn't get to see any of the second round picks. I don't know who I'm giving it to, but it might be. Jordan Knott calling out the coaches, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Nick Faye calling out Jordan Summer league firing. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not going to be getting any uh, media time soon with any of those guys if Nick's going to keep calling out the goddamn coaches. But, yeah, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head there, Nick. And uh, we'll wait and see how it goes. You know, duds and studs might be, you know, might change completely in the next episode. We might have no duds. That's what I'm looking forward to, to seeing. And, you know, we see Brandon and I do something. We see Reggie Perry do something better. And there's no duds because, you know, I don't want to give out that award, Nick. I don't like that word, you know. We just replace the, the letters with the S and the T. And, you know, it's we've got all, they're all studs in my eyes. We want to give them to the other team pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, Desmond Bain certainly was not. He was a stud today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was doing some stuff that he just doesn't even do. Like, I mean, that just he was just looking really good out there, even with his short arms. But still, uh, Jack, anything else you want to touch on in terms of the game? No, I think it was just a, a fun experience, Nick. And I wish uh, COVID still wasn't a thing because I'd kill to be there. I think Summer League is one of the places I want to be. And, you know, last yeah. didn't get the chance to go to any playoff games, despite the fact that Barclays was rocking. And now I can't go to Vegas. It looks really hot, but um, it's it looks even hotter when you're watching uh, Killer Cam and King Sharp. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to go there as well. Maybe it's something we could look to do next year. 
think this year would probably be less of an experience too with COVID. And I think it's getting kind of hot there in terms of the COVID rate. So maybe it's better that we're safe at home right now. Um, Jack, we got some quotes you want to discuss, correct? Yes, we've got stuff um, in relation to Nicholas Claxton, Nick. And um, we had Jordan not sort of say that the discussion was between him and, you know, the, the, the team. It wasn't, you know, a sort of one-way thing. Uh, Coach Jordan not on Nick Claxton not playing in Vegas. And this is via Brian Lewis. I think that was just a discussion, collaborative discussion between him, his people, our people. And they felt that uh, it was best that he wasn't, he, he doesn't play summer league. Uh, but he did also mention that Nick's been in the gym. He's been working. He's been with us this whole time. So still in Vegas, still putting in the work. Um, I guess, the, does this quote, does this re- revelation, you know, provide you with a little bit of comfort? Yeah, I think it's kind of along the lines of which we discussed. And also, I think, throwing the fact, I think it's a contract year for Nick Claxton. You know, he wants to be healthy. An injury in summer league is not going to do anything for him, not going to do anything for the net. So I think the pros outweigh the cons here in terms of keeping him safe. You know what I mean? And preventing the injury. Because like we talked about, he can have a role on a playoff team and he's going to have a role in the playoff nets. Maybe not a super large role, but there'll be situations where they need that skill set. And it's very unique. Like he's one of the best switching bigs in the NBA. And that's, I don't even think that's a hot take. No, not at all. So um, I'm intrigued to see what he can provide to the regular season and, and the preseason matchups and, you know, see what his frame is looking like. But yeah, Clack City, alive and well. Yeah, agreed, Jack, agreed. And honestly, I'm sure he's putting a ton of work. I'd like to see if he can knock down that three ball this year, but we'll save that for another day. Definitely. Nick, we also um, heard from some of our free agents. We heard Bruce, um, Javon Carter, and DeAndre Brimby speak to the media. I'll put to you, Nick. Who was more devastated about the Game 7 loss, you or Bruce Brown? I think we're pretty even because he said he was pissed and didn't watch basketball. I pretty much did the same thing. (laughs) I did not want to watch the conference finals. I had to, like, force myself to watch the finals. I was not feeling it. Um, It was was really painful, and I just – I was very salty. And obviously, Bruce Brown feels the same way. You got that from one of his comments, too, because – as we know, and many people know, if the Nets were healthy, they would have beaten the Bucks, and they probably would have won the NBA Finals and won a championship. And I obviously, it's a big what if, but I think there was enough evidence in three games of that series to know that the Nets were the better team, even without James Harden being healthy. I just love that he also said he did, he barely watched the Olympics and that like <laughs> he, he he like gave shit to Kevin Durant for trying to dunk on Rudy Gobert. He's like, yeah, he missed up by a mile. Um, and and the fact that as well that those guys were like to him, we want you back. Um, it was. I think that shows too, Jack, that they're like actually friends. Like I, I would say that to you because like we'll talk, we'll just have like a little banner. Like if we weren't cool, <laughs> that'd be mean for me to say. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and and it was it was cool to hear him say that like you know he didn't really want to go anywhere else. He was he wanted yeah. to be back. He loves Brooklyn, and you know I would have liked him to be here a little bit longer. But you know all power to him, and and hopefully a big season ahead for Bruce Brown. And yeah, it was just him talking about as, as well as you know his new teammates talking about the defense talking about, like, Paddy Mills and how, like, he's given him frets and stuff. Um, there's a, Ever since that first post-game media conference where he was just so elated and being like, man, you guys want to talk to me? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Brown, uh, I don't have any Bruce Brown merch right now, um, but, man, we're, we're working on things behind the scenes of the Brooklyn Buzz, and we've got to start thinking about Bruce Brown because um, I have nothing but love for this man. Summer league interviews on the sideline, you know, he's moving up in the world, man. Like that, that's cool for him. And like you said, you know, I, I respect anybody who takes a qualifying offer to kind of bet on themselves. Like, Hey, I'm going to go in the season. I'm going to ball out. I also love the fact that Bruce Brown mentioned shooting, like every interview he did, like he did it with the, with the press. And then he also did it with the, the sideline interview too. So I'm just like, you know, he knows what he needs to do. And we talked about it and that's a drastic change for him, not only for on the court, but it'll be a drastic change for his paycheck. You know, if he can hit mid thirties on the three ball, he's really going to get into that double digit range in terms of his contract. Yeah, we mentioned that we saw, you know, in some Instagram posts and stuff, him just shoot from the corner. If he becomes like PJ Tucker and just like, just shoot from yeah. the corner, Bruce. You know, you can hit your your floater and stuff off the short roll, but, you know, the quote from him was, it's just, you can imagine Bruce, hear Bruce's voice saying this, even though it's some dumb Aussie saying it. He's like, straight threes, catch and shoot three, <laughs> no mid-range, leave that to KD and Kyrie. Uh, man, uh, why did Detroit let this man go? Like, the, I mean, yeah, they got Kate Cunningham and all these other cool young guys, but, man, Bruce Brown's the best. I think another underrated thing about Bruce Brown, obviously we'll do a, a season preview for him and every other player in the team, but I think he'll improve defensively 
I think he's just getting all the reps and going against a lot of these elite players and starting to learn some of their tendencies. I think that's really going to help him, just the role he was put into last year. And now he's kind of gets that continuation where even in Detroit, it was constantly changing. You know, one year he barely played off the bench and he was just kind of a guy that sat in the corner. Then the next season, they asked him to create a little bit. So I'm really excited to see what Bruce can do. And yeah, I love his energy. Absolutely. Nothing, love nothing but the Bruce energy. What can Bruce do for you? Um, <laughs> but the, the final quote um, in the NBA.com article, um, he said, him saying, I love my role here. It gets me on the floor. I do a lot of little things for the team that a championship team needs. So I'm going to continue doing that next year and hit more shots. Um, I can't wait. Uh, there's, there's so many different, like we're, we're talking about, you know, the rookies and stuff and how there's such an intriguing and exciting element to them. There also is with Bruce Brown there. You know, this yes. guy who turned himself from, you know, a point guard who dominated the, the Brooklyn Nets a couple of years ago to being a goddamn center. Um, he had an incredible season and he's going to continue to improve um, and he's going to get himself a, a big payday by the end of the next year. Um, I can't wait to see what he brings to hopefully a championship season next year. Yeah, I agree. I think you also just like love that he feels like really part of the team. You know what I mean? Like he understands his role and he wants to be great with these guys and he can just really buy into that. And some guys can't like some guys just aren't willing to accept that. And Bruce is one of the guys that is. And that can sometimes be the difference in winning a championship and not. Definitely. Nick, what were your thoughts and, and impressions, I guess, from hearing DeAndre Bembry and Javon Carter speak? What were the, the big sort of takeaways? Uh, Javon Carter, you know, kind of the vibe that I figured you know he mentioned he was contacted by Steve Nash and Kevin Durant which is great but him saying how he takes defense so personally you know I thought that kind of stuck out and that's what Javon Carter is going to do here he's going to be here to play defense be annoying like he's one of those guys that's going to pick you up the entire court I think Bruce Brown actually mentioned that when they were at the combine that Javon Carter was picking him up 94 feet so like you know this guy is always bringing it and that's the type of thing the Nets want like oh I don't know hypothetically let's say Trey Young's having a big game Let's piss him off for three minutes and put Javon Carter in on him. Like, that's the type of thing he's going to do. He's really going to take a player out of rhythm because he's just so annoying. And I mean that in a good way. Yeah, you got a defensive sicko. And, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm a couple, I like that. <laughs> I, he's going to go sicko mode on a couple of guys this year. And uh, the one thing that I really liked hearing from him as well is that, like, you know, he wanted to be in Brooklyn. Like, I think it was him sort of saying, you know, that's yeah. just like, damn, it's cool. I, I, that Brooklyn want me and, and I want to be here. So um, I think that there is a. And he's going to do some things for us this season. You know, there's going to be some moments where it's just like, you know, Bruce Brown 2.0, Javon Carter, JC. Um, he's going to do some things that are, are, are big time for us. Yeah, the quote was, uh, Javon Carter, I'm finding out he was traded to the Nets. I was pretty excited. How can you not to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Like, that is, that's a crazy statement for a lot of us Nets fans who've been here, you know, for the last 20 years in terms of just, like, no one wanting to come here, free agents picking the other team for less money and not want to come to the Nets. And now it's become a destination with superstars and everyone being excited to be part of the franchise. Hey, Mr. Carter. A great song by Jay-Z and, and yeah. Lil Wayne, by the way. Absolutely awesome song. Um, but DeAndre Bembry provided a similar sort of tone, Nick. You know, him just sort of going out there being like, I'm just going to defend my butt off. Yeah. You know, he's him saying, you know, you have so many different options out there. Sometimes you can't drop stuff for this type of team. You just got to go out there and let them play. So I, I think that the more that time has been removed, I would like to think that a lot of people are like, you know what? John Trey Benby might be able to do some stuff for us. And yeah, we might have three iterations of a similar sort of player, you know, hustle sort of guys that maybe lack a little bit of offense. But throughout the regular season, the Nets need to bank on a bit of defense and, and sort of go, okay, let's see who can provide us something in terms of some defensive hustle. Can DeAndre Bembry guard up a couple of positions and guard some threes and fours? Can Bruce Brown start hitting that three ball? Can Javon Carter make life a living hell for some of the best point guards in this league? And I think that all of them can give us something. And I'm intrigued to see, you know, Bembry. And, and I think that he's got a good mentality. You know, we mentioned before that the fact that the Raptors beat and the people that were covering him, you know, to the latter points of last season had nothing but glowing things to say about him. So uh, I want to see DeAndre Bembry, and I think he might shock a few people. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you know about his game. He doesn't have the three ball, but he does do other things on the floor to have an impact. He cuts to the basket. He can slash a little bit. He can handle the ball pretty well. You can see the guard skills there, and defensively, he's going to play with a lot of energy. And, you know, the Nets should be able to find a role because – the Nets are in a very unique situation with the amount of offensive talent they have on their team, where they are a team that can get away with having, 
you know, not five floor spacers, even though it's better when they do. There are certain situations, especially in the postseason, where you're like, okay, well, Katie's going to ISO against this guy in the post. It doesn't really matter if he has the perfect spacing because he's still going to get his bucket. And that's where you could possibly use a Bembre or some of these other guys. And also, it's important to have depth because you don't know who's going to get hurt, who's going to be available, and all those different things. So, and also, trades can happen. There's always, you know, things on the table that could make the difference in your roster. Definitely. I think one thing that I liked about him sort of talking about offensively is like I've played with a few different guys where I know how to play around the system and try to find my points where I can get out there and just make something happen. You know, he played next to Trey Young. You know, he knows how to play yeah. next to ball dominance and he mentioned that too. So I think that we'll get like a lot of offensive boards from him, a lot of like, you know, dinkers and dumpers, stuff that, that might not look pretty, uh, but might be pretty effective at the same time. Yeah, he seems like he has a good feel for like cutting. You know, I'd obviously have to see it across a whole season and just see what he can do. But kind of when this defender comes off, he'll hit that open spot, hit one of those like little push shots in the paint, a little layup through contact, whatever it is. And then like we kind of mentioned, uh, we were talking amongst ourselves. I don't know what we mentioned on the pod, but the fact he has a relationship with Kyrie Irving, you know, was mentioned today too. And obviously that's always significant. You want to make your superstars happy, bringing guys that they know or they like, and that can make things a little bit easier for the adjustment. Definitely. Kyrie's looking happy on his Instagram, which is always a good thing to say as well. Yep, 100%. Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out here? We come for the Bucks next, Nick. Uh, we've got a lot of revenge there, and hopefully Killer Cam and King Sharp can exact some for us Nets fans. Yeah, I mean, we just recorded almost an hour-long podcast about the first game of Summer League. We are and... sickos. We are definitely <laughs> sickos about this Nets thing. Yeah, we're Nets sickos. But as always, Jack, a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out on all streaming platforms. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.